cares to him, aren't you? So thankful for that this morning. Visited in the night. You know, sometimes I find little statements in the Bible that kind of, yeah, I'm sure you do this too, which it seems like just jumps out at you. And uh, that's one of those things that, uh, that happened this week here. And uh, I look through all this and I find, boy, there's so much there. I like what he said in verse number eight. He said, keep me as the apple of the eye. And when you think about that, the apple, you're the apple of my eye. It means you're really special. And you know what? We're special to the Lord. Isn't that good to know? We're special to him. And uh, uh, so thank the Lord for it. But the statement that really got me this, this week is, is found there in verse three. Thou hast visited me in the night. And let's ask the Lord help us now. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to be in church. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to preach the word of God. I'm glad there are folks who want to come to church and hear the preaching. Lord, we, we didn't come here to get points. We didn't, we didn't come here to impress anybody. We did come here, though, because we love you. And it's wonderful to be around God's people. It's good to hear the, the music of praising you. And, Lord, it's good to hear preaching from the Word of God. Just the very reading of the Scripture this morning, I'm sure, was a blessing to you and to us. Thank you that we're able to hold a Bible in our hands today. We sure are blessed people. But Father, as we look at this message now, I pray you'll speak to us. May we understand what a blessing there is to know that you visit us in the night. Help me as I preach. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This one of the statements that really jumps out at me as we have said there, thou hast visited me in the night. And I was thinking, you know, the Lord, the Bible says that he visits us. But oftentimes when I look in the Bible, I find that there's always the invitation for me and you to come to the Lord. I, I, I was thinking in Matthew eleven twenty eight, it says, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And he started out by saying, come unto me. The invitation is to come. Uh, and John chapter 6 and verse 37, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Boy, isn't that a blessing. He will not cast you out. If you come to him, he will save you. That's like we were talking uh, this morning. I had Ethan give testimony about a man he led to the Lord. And the man said, God could never forgive me of all my sins. I've really been bad. Do you know that Jesus died for every sin? He died for the awfulest, awful person you could ever think of. He died for their sins. He died for our sins. And the Lord says, just as that man who's covered in tattoos and piercings and has been in jail and vile in his life, that he can come to the invitation that God has given to him, come unto me. Just as much as that little child that's so pure and so, so sweet can come to the invitation of come and be saved. I'm glad that no matter who it is, when Jesus says, come, we can. I'm glad we can come to you. I'm glad the invitation is there. James put it this way in James chapter 4, verse number 8. He said, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. John wrote in Revelation chapter 22 and verse number 17, he wrote this, And the Spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that hear us say, come. Let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. 
There's that word whosoever. I sure like that, don't you? Isaiah wrote it this way, Isaiah 55, 1. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine, milk, without money and without price. Wow, Lord's invitations over and over again that we can come to him. I'm glad that he offers us that opportunity. I'm glad for whosoever will may come, amen. I'm glad that God has made that invitation to every one of us. I, I was reading where Spurgeon said this. He had preached and he said, the Lord says, come unto me. And he said this, run. He went on to say, if you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. If you can't crawl, look. Remember in the Old Testament where they had to put the serpent on the pole and all they had to do was look. But the invitation was from the Lord, come I want you to look to me. I want you to come to me. I want you to be saved. The invitation is there. This morning, a few moments, we're going to have to, I say a few moments, but I'm a Baptist preacher. It may be more than a few moments. But in a little while, we'll have an invitation. You know what it'll be? Come. Come if you need to get some things right with the Lord. Come if you need to pray. But the main thing about it is come if you need the Savior. The invitation is always, as I say, open. Open to come. Jesus said it. Often think how wonderful it is the thought of knowing the God of the universe would want us to come unto him. I know how I am. And you know how I am too. And you really know how you are. Yet to think God says, come to me. That's just almost too much to think about. That God would want to spend time with us. Invite us to come to him. He wants me, he wants you to come and be close to him. What a blessing it is to know that someone wants to be around us. I'll be honest with you, there are some people who don't want to be around me. And I, tell, I say this, I say, honey, you have to come to church with me. But there are some people who don't like being around me. They'll run, they'll hide. If they see me in a store, they'll hide. You know, what type of man was trying to hide from me and he didn't know where to go and he was right by the ladies' dress section and he just walked over and acted like he was looking at dresses. I don't know why. <laughs> you, know, you know, sometimes folks don't like, don't like us, but you know what? The Lord loves you. Isn't that good to know? To know that somebody loves you. I, I, am, I am such a blessed pastor today. And the reason is because I know that I have a church that loves me. I mean, there's, there's just no doubt about it. I just, I'm just... I think I am the most blessed pastor in all the world. And, uh, uh, but, and the reason is because I know that I'm loved. And, and I mean, they just, you don't know what that does for me when I lay my head on the pillow at night to know that, you know, my folks love me. Now, I'm not always make you happy, but I know you love me. I know sometimes you go, oh, bless his heart. <laughs> I know you love me. Well, when I see you come and I see you leave, I... I think, you know, how blessed we are, and I look forward. The other day, I, I, I dreamed on Friday, I, Friday night, I dreamed that, that it, the next day was Sunday, and I wasn't ready for the sermon. And I, and I woke up, and I thought, oh, my, what am I going to do? i got to get ready. And, 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 I mean, I had studied in it, but I just, you know, then Saturday's that day of really getting to it there and make sure I have it all ready right now. And, uh, and then I, I went back to sleep, and I dreamed again that it was the next day was Sunday. I woke up and it was Saturday. But I'll tell you what I was doing. I was looking forward to Sunday. Because we get to be together again. 
And we get to preach the word of God. How bless, what a blessing it is to know that folks want to be with me. It's hard to understand that God would want to be with us. Because God knows us as we really are. You know, we know each other pretty much on how we see each other Sundays. But you're not with me, and you're probably thankful for this, you're not with me every day. And I'm thankful for this, I'm not with you every day too. But we know, we know we have, we're, 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 we're all a bit different. But the thing is that God looks at us and says, you know what, I want you to come to me. A God that ne- never sinned. A God that never did anything wrong. The God of this universe who could do anything wants us to come to him. Just mind-boggling to think about that. He invites imperfect people to be with him who is a perfect God. And so I'm glad that he does, but I find out this, that he doesn't just invite us to come to him. I find that he visits us. In other words, he comes to us. What a wonderful God. That's what he's talking about there in that verse. He says, Thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. It's amazing that God would invite us to come to him, but even more amazing that God would come to us. I mean, you know, I think about this. Here's, here's God, how great, how mighty he is. And we can understand, you know, if he will invite me, I will come. But then God says, you know what? I will come to you. I'm thinking, how wonderful that is. You know, a lot of important people, they won't come see you. Or, or let's, let's put it the way, they, they won't come. You, maybe you would like to come see some important people and, they, and, they, and you can't. But if all of a sudden they showed up, you'd be impressed, wouldn't you? I was, the illustration was going to be about the president, but I don't think that would thrill any of us. <laughs> Amen? I mean, a train can derail in the backyard. It ain't going to matter. But, but the thing is, to, to know that, that there's a God in heaven that, that says, you know what, I will visit you. We will look and say, how privileged I am to have the Lord visit me. And that's what he was talking about there. He said in Psalm 8, 3, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon, the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man? What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? And it does boggle my mind that God would be concerned about me. I mean, who am I? Who are we? We're a little church out in the country. I'm a preacher most people don't know about. Yet God sent his son to die for you and I. And he offers us to come to him, but he said, you know what I'll do? I'll also come to you. How can he be mindful of us? I think of all the people in the world. And yet God's mindful of us. Let that sink in this morning. God's mindful of you. David understood the smallness of himself. But he also understood the greatness of God. He saw his own weakness, David did, but he saw the strength of God. And in this psalm, he said, 
Ash visited me in the night. I thought it was interesting. Why did he say at night? Why is he saying you visit me in the night? Now, could the Lord visit us in the day? Sure he can. But there's something special and sweet, I think, about the fact that he visits us in the night because usually that's when there's no one else around. And let's face it, sometimes it's in the night that our hearts are really troubled. In the day, we have a lot of things to keep our minds occupied, but we lay our head on the pillow and all of a sudden our mind begins to go on that problem that we have and that burden. And it's said that he came in the night, not at noonday, not when the sun was shining bright, but in the night. He didn't say he came only when everything was fine, although I'm glad the Lord's there all the time, but he comes at the night when even things aren't so good. When you lay there and you feel lonely, and you lay there and you feel some anxiety because of the problems in your life or maybe some problems with your family or whatever it might be. And God's concerned enough to visit with us in the night. I'm glad God cares about me, aren't you? I know some of my, probably not one of the most dynamic sermons I've preached before. I think we let this simple little truth sink in this morning. It might cheer us up. It might bless our hearts to think there's a God in heaven that really cares. Because I think sometimes people wonder, does God really care? And he does. So much, he'll show up in the daytime too, but he visits us in the night. Jacob was on a 500-mile journey from home. I'll be honest with you. I've never really been a real fan of Jacob. All right? Now, don't, don't get me wrong. Don't, don't say I don't like him. I like him. I mean, when I, when I see him in heaven someday, I'm going to be nice. I'm not a real fan of his. And one of the reasons was this. I'm a little suspicious about a guy who'd stay home and make soup instead of go hunting. <laughs> Something's not right, amen? we get testimony on that one, couldn't we? Why would this boy want to stay home and make soup instead of going out hunting? I don't know. Now, some of you men say, well, I would. Don't even talk to me. You better shake my hand really hard and tight when you walk out the door. If I get a limp hand, I'll think you're a soup maker. I just always kind of had a little problem with sissified men. Amen. I think a man ought to be a man. Come on now. Fellas, reach over and ask your wife if, if you can say amen, all righty? And then you can go home and make some soup. But uh, uh, I, 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 I have a problem with sissified men. I, I mean, I, I just, I think men ought to be men. I'm not talking about a guy goes around cussing and burping and everything like that. I'm talking about a real gentleman. But being a man. And I believe that ladies, girls, women ought to be ladies. And by the way, I do know, and I have a definition for a woman. I could be on in Congress, amen? I'd be the only one there who probably understands this part. It's amazing what they don't know today. But I, I, just, I just believe, I believe that, I'm getting a little sidetracked, but hey, you already took, gave your offering, might as well get your money's worth out of this. But I, I, I think, you know, here, here, here was Jacob, and, and again, I, I, just, I just had a little problem with him. I'm not a real fan of his, what he, what he did uh, uh, there, just, just being sissified. I, I believe this, you know, if you want, if you got some kids, you got, a, you got a little girl, make her, sissify her. 
It's be a good thing for a girl to be dainty and a sweetheart and a little lady. Amen. You know, don't just don't make your boys that way. You know, don't all the time call them, oh, sweetheart, here, oh, did you hurt yourself? Well, mommy and kids say, don't worry about it. Tell them, walk it off. Make them tough. Yes. Yeah. Not like him. But, uh, uh, but I mean, just, I mean, you know, we need some, we need some men. I mean, does, isn't it very obvious we need some men today? And, and we need some ladies, too, by the way. Yeah, I really believe that. So if you're really bent on making someone girly, don't make your boys that way. Make your girls that way and make your boys manly. And I'm saying have respect for, you know, not, that manly is not beating up their sisters or beating up on mom. And uh, that, that's knowing how to treat each other right with respect. But I digress. But anyways, what happened, that was one thing I had a problem with. And then also Jacob, he was, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, you think about it. He, he pulled a fast one on his brother, didn't he? His brother comes in. And I, I have a little problem with Esau, too, because I'm thinking Esau, you know, Esau traded his birthright for a bowl of soup because he felt like he was about to die. I'm thinking, if you'd been a better hunter, you'd had something to eat. Yeah. Amen. I bet him could have been some critter he could have had, and he could have cooked it up, but he's there. And he said, I'm about to die. I'm thinking, you know what? I mean, I, have we all not said that before? Man, I just got to eat or I'm going to die. I mean, we could live off the fat of the land for a long time, most of us. But he, was so, he was so bent on having that food, and his brother said, I got some chili here. Chili. I said soup before, chili now. He had both going on. He had big stove. You say, I don't see it in the Bible. It's in the Hebrew. You didn't see that. That's why. It's a good thing you're here for me to explain to you. But uh, what happens? He, he says, all right, I'll, I'll trade you. Birthright for some soup. He says, all right. So he did this. I'm thinking, man, what a, what a terrible thing. I'm thinking, Esau, why are you so dumb? But that wasn't enough. Jacob goes in to his father. He pulled a fast one on him too, didn't he? with his mother's help. Mama's boy. Mama says, sweetheart, you want that, you want that, uh, that birthright? I'll help you out. And they went and put skin, animal skin on him because Esau was a hairy man. And uh, so they went and put some skin, animal skin on, on, on Jacob. He said, go over to daddy and daddy couldn't see him, you know, and he goes over and he goes, let me, let me touch you. And he felt that fur and says, oh, yeah, you're Esau, you're hairy. And Esau, and Jacob's thinking, man, I got him now. And his daddy gave him, gave, gave him the blessing of the birthright there. Then what happens? Jacob's scared. Because his mom says, you better get out of here because someone's going to kill you. I mean, he's already been, you know, tricking there and, and what, he, what he's done is a horrible thing. And his, and, and, and his mother uh, helped out with that. And so she says, honey, you've got to leave. So he takes off on this trip. And he leaves. And you know, what's kind of interesting, and I'll get back to that part in a minute. What's interesting, though, he left and he went and he found a woman that he wanted to marry. Her name was Rachel. Oh, she was so pretty. And he wanted to marry her. And so he went to Laban. He said, hey, sir, he said, I'd like to marry your, your daughter. And he says, well, okay. You ought to be thankful for this one, brother. It's your, you're not talking to Laban this morning. Amen. Because Laban said, sure, you can have her, but you've got to work seven years. 
Buddy, you've got a long ways to go. You ought to take advantage of this, Seth. Really, you should. I said, you've got to work for her for seven years. I don't know about you. I, I mean, I'm in lo- I was in love, and, and, and we dated, what, f- four and a half years, so we were pretty close to that. But, uh, but seven years, she says, you could have her. Oh, I think he was in love because he worked for seven years. And then finally it was wedding time, had the old veil on there, you know, and, you know, hide up, hide, hide her there. And what happened? Old Laban, Daddy Laban said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to give him Leah first. That was Rachel's sister. So I'm going to give you Leah. And he didn't know. They stand up there for better, for worse. Oh, yeah. You know, man, this is wonderful. Worked all these years. What happens in the morning? The light comes up and he looks over. And it's Leah. I don't know about you. That messes my mind up. I'm like, what? And we're like, what? What, 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 what are you doing here? And here, here was their sister. You know, and, and can you imagine saying, whoops. Your daddy played a little trick on you. You know what I say? Ha, 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 Remember what he did to his dad? And now all of a sudden he's getting some payback here? And he had to work another seven years for the one that he wanted? Oh, my soul. That boy, he was really messed up, wasn't he? But if we back up there in between the two instances, he's on his way and he's concerned. He's out there. He's scared. It's night. And he lays down. And the only thing he can find for a pillow was a rock. He lays his head on the rock to sleep. And there's a dream. Guess what? The Lord visited him in the night the Lord visited him in the night you know I thought isn't it interesting after what this man did the Lord visited him in the night so here was Jacob the trickster and what he did to his father and his brother and then in between it, then God knew what was going to happen in the, after that, what he was going to there, and find out that he was going to end up getting the different wife first and then getting Rachel. But after all that tricking, the Lord visited him. The trickster? The conniver? Yeah. You know what that tells me? I don't care who you are. I don't care what your past is. I don't care how bad you've been. God loves you. Isn't that amazing? You know, I think if I'd have been God, I'd say, let him be scared. Let him just be there in the night and sleep on that rock, and I, I hope he gets a headache from it. That's probably what you and I would say. But the Lord visited him. He said that he knew the Lord was in that place. I'm sure he was lonely. I'm sure he was afraid. Jacob was. But the Lord was there. He said, I'll call this place the house of God. For God was here. It was special to him. Why? Because God visited him in the night. 
I'm sure when he laid his head on that pillow, a lot of things going through his mind. He said, boy, you know, I believe he loved his dad. I have a feeling this, if he really loved his dad, and I think he did, he probably felt bad about fooling his dad. About taking that from his brother for some soup. Probably felt some guilt there. And you know what? You may say, you know, my life's not really what it ought to be. You may be here this morning, you might not be saved. And you say, you know, I've I've got things in my life, and I, I don't know if God could ever forgive me. You know what? He'll visit you in the night. You say, I'm afraid that I might die and go to hell. Don't need fear because you'll come in the night. He'll tell you he loves you and save your soul. Maybe this morning you're discouraged. You may be lonely. You may be fearful. You may even be backslidden. But if you're saved, he visits you in the night. When you're backslidden, you know you're not what you ought to be, and you know your life is not right, and you feel so bad, you feel so guilty about it. The Lord says, hey, 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 I'm here tonight. I've come to visit you in the night. I've come to visit you when it's dark in your life. When you feel like, oh, I've really messed up. God still loves you. What a great God we have this morning. What a great God. Maybe you're discouraged. He'll visit you in the night. Sometimes it's sickness that comes our way. And he visits us in the night. Joshua. In the book of Joshua chapter 5. We find there the story of of the unseen captain. We find that Joshua there was was concerned about a battle that he was facing. In fact, let's let's go there real quick. All right, let's go to the book of Joshua chapter number 5. And I'll, I'll show you what I'm talking about here. Joshua chapter number 5. And uh, the Bible says, look at, uh, let's see, let's go to verse number, uh, verse number uh, 13. There we go. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there, was, there stood... A man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship. And said unto him, What saith who? My Lord unto this servant. And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place wherein whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Here was this time the great battle was about to take place, and he's concerned. He's worried about it. And who came and who showed up? The Lord. The unseen captain was there. He came there, and I thought, you know, sometimes... We, we have some fearful things that happen in our lives. Sometimes we go through some difficulties that we just don't know how we're ever going to get out the other side. And especially at night. It seems so scary. A time when you're thinking about all the problems. But look up. 
because he's there. He visits us in the night. So glad that he does. I don't know what it is this morning you might be facing. It could be some health problems. I don't know. I understand, you know, when the health problems come, it really gets you thinking, doesn't it? The doctor gives you bad news. That night when the doctor called me after church on Wednesday night and finally we, we talked and I cried and I remember going and lay down in bed. My mind was just going crazy. Look at all the things. What's going to happen? Am I going to die? You know, are they going to be able to help me? And you know what God gave? He gave a peace because you know why? He came in the night. How many times when the problems come, and a lot of times it's in the nighttime, and he visits us. Oh, thank the Lord for his invitation to come. But thank the Lord he visits us. Sometimes it's health problems. Sometimes it's financial problems. Sometimes it's family problems. I just don't know what's going to happen. I just don't know what's going to happen here. I just, I'm so broken about it. And God says, hey, I'm here with you. I'm glad he comforts us. I'm glad he's concerned about us. I really got good news for you this morning. In the night, he'll visit you. Just pay attention and understand he's there. Remember, he promised this, of course. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Then we find this special little place in Psalm 17 where he said, David understood it, thou visitest me in the night. It's that unseen captain that always shows up. I think of the story of the three Hebrews Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Boy, they were tough guys, weren't they? I just, I think, man, they were something else. And they said, you're going to have to bow down. They said, we're not doing it. And I mean, it was in those days, there was a lot of problem. In fact, they knew this, that if they didn't obey, they were going to be cast in a, into a furnace of fire. Now, folks, understand, this meant death, the death penalty for them. And they said, you've got to bow. And they said, we won't do it. We know that God could deliver us, but if not, everything's all right. We're going to trust the Lord. And what happened? There they were. They were thrown into the fire, weren't they? And not a hair on them was singed. You know why? Somebody showed up in the night. And that was the Lord. In fact, I believe this. He showed up at Nebuchadnezzar's house too. You say, why? Well, listen to it. This is uh, Daniel chapter 3, verse number 24. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and arose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He said, Didn't we put three guys in? Yes, we did. <laughs> There's four in there. You know why? A visitor was there. He visited him in the night. Wait a minute. Did that change the life of Nebuchadnezzar too? The Lord visited him that night. I think the Lord said, Oh, king buddy, get up. You know those guys you threw in the fire? Go down there and look at them. See what's going on. He goes down there and one, two, three, four men. And at one, that looks like the Lord. And it changed his life because the Lord visited him. 
I'm glad the Lord visits us. I'm glad he visits us. Yeah, he comes in the daylight too. But when it's dark, it may be the sun shining bright right now and you may be sitting here and it's dark inside in your life and you don't know which way to turn. <laughs> he visits us in the night. David understood it. Boy, there was a man who went through an awful lot, wasn't he? He was a man that knew how was even his family turned against him and the many troubles and trials that he had. But he says, thou visitest me in the night. I'm glad I'm invited to come to him. And I'm glad for that day, August 11th, 1971, when I asked Jesus to save me. He said, come unto me, I'll save you. I came to him and he saved my soul. But I also am so happy to tell you this, ever since then, ever since then, he keeps visiting me. Oh, I can't say I see him, I don't see him. But he brings that peace and that calmness in the dark things of life. I wish I could tell you it's sunshiny all the time, but that's not it. You know, some days we get the sun never shines. I've got some little lights out there in the yard that they're, uh, they're battery powered by solar energy. So the sun has to shine for them to shine. I could always at night tell it was a bright day because the lights are shining bright. But then the nights when there's hardly any light shining out there or they just come on dim is because it was cloudy. But you know what? When it's real dark, the light, Jesus Christ, comes and visits us. You know, little kids used to, as I know when I was a little kid, would want a night light. Hmm? Maybe some of you right now are saying, you know, that's me now. Night light, boys? No? No? You're looking guilty right now. Titus, your face is getting red. I think you really do have a nightlight. I really do. You know, it's, a, it's probably, you know, a cabbage patch light or something like that. <laughs> I don't know what you're laughing at, buddy. You have a Barbie one in your house. I know you do. I saw your room one day. I <laughs> know I didn't. I didn't see that. It was a Care Bear. But anyways, <clears throat> you nightlight. You get scared of the dark. We have the heavenly light. It's there all the time for us. As a little kid, Bob, can we have the nightlight? And she turned that little nightlight on. We felt so good because the light was there. You know what? In your dark problems and your troubles, the light of the world is Jesus. He visits us in the night. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Not a deep message this morning. But something you can take with you and encourage you when the troubles come in your life realize he not only says come to me but he says I'll visit you too if you're here this morning you're not saved he says come and then you'll be able to understand what this visit's all about let's pray our heavenly father we thank you so much again for the time this morning thank you for the opportunity to preach the word of God I'm so glad you're my savior I'm so glad that I I took that invitation to come to you and got saved But, Lord, I'm thankful that you visit me, too. You're there with me all the time. Why, Lord, when I went into surgery, you were there. When I went to the doctor's office, why, you came and visited me there. At night, when I laid my head on a pillow, you were there. You visited me. 
when the dark times came, you were there. My Lord, I just realized you're just always there. Thank you for the visit. Thank you for the visit at night. Help us all today to understand how wonderful it is. But Lord, if there's somebody here today that's not saved, I pray that you would save them. They would call upon you today that they would accept that invitation to come and be saved. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, if you're to die, do you know for sure you go to heaven? I wonder if there'd be anyone this morning say, Preacher, I'll be honest, I am not sure of heaven, but I'd like to settle that today. I don't care who it is. You may have been here for a long time or not. But if you're not sure, now's the time. I wonder if there'd be anyone say, Preacher, with an uplifted hand, I'm not sure of my salvation, but I want to be sure of that. I want to know that I'm going to heaven. I want to, I want to take advantage of that invitation to come. Would you slip your hand up, anyone this morning? Preacher, I don't know that I'm saved, but I'd like to know that. I'd like to know that. And no hands are raised, so then I'm going to take that you know the Lord's your Savior. You ought to be able to find some comfort this morning in this message that he loves you. Thank the Lord that you came to him for salvation. Thank him today for coming to you and being there for you. What a great God we have this morning. Father, bless the folks this morning. Deal with our hearts now. Lord, sometimes we get so bent out of shape. We just need to lay still for a minute and realize you're there to visit us and to help us. Thank you for being at our side. Thank you for guiding us through all the troubles and the trials that we go through in this life. You're such a wonderful God. Thank you for loving us. Bless this invitation time now. Pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.